0: It is easy for worship leaders to feel alone. There is tremendous pressure on us each week to perform, to lead, and to help direct an amazing experience of worship and connection to God, but it's so overwhelming. There's no place to go to talk through these unique challenges worship leaders face. Welcome to the table. everyone. Welcome to the second episode of The Table. Uh, I'm really excited about today's conversation with Doug Hulk. Doug was on staff at his church for 46 years, People's Church in Fresno, California. Um, Today's conversation is about self-care and longevity in ministry. Uh, And when I was trying to figure out uh, in people to interview for this conversation and talk about longevity in ministry, Doug was the first one that came to my mind. Uh, 46 years at the same church that's a long time to be at a church and uh, he has some great wisdom to share with us today so uh, join us in the in this conversation with Doug hey everybody welcome to the next episode of the table podcast I am Jason Squires uh, the director of mentorship for Worship Leader Magazine, I am super excited about today's conversation. Um, we are in we are in this uh, the, this beginning season of the of the podcast. Uh, this is kind of um, our big picture topic this month is talking about how to maintain longevity in ministry, how to uh, and how to self care, and what does that look like? Because if you don't take care of yourself, the long the long haul is not going to be the long haul and uh we are joined today um with a guy who has been in ministry, was in ministry for a long time and has a lot to share about this hey how's it going doug
1: it's going very
0: well thanks jason for asking me i'm honored to be here i'm i'm so excited about this conversation i've been looking forward to this conversation um why don't you tell us about you kind of ministry family tell us about doug hulk
1: okay well um for 46 plus years i served at people's church in fresno Um, been in ministry was in ministry we count all the other places I was before then for uh, 50 years or more and um, my wife and I came to Fresno when I was young I think I was 22 no I'm back up I was probably 24 24 and uh, um, we came for a year in fact the first Sunday there I reminded her as we walked down the aisle remember it's only for one year so, uh, it, it, was, it was a long year. <laughs> it, was, it was a very long year. <laughs> it was a very long year. So, um, I have two sons who also were involved with me for a while in ministry, and now one of them is in education, and the other one serves... Um, uh, nonprofits and churches in the graphic arts area, a self-employed and uh, he I'm very proud of what he's doing right now and kind of where God has led him and kind of the story of his life and how it's developing. It's a pretty cool thing. We have six grandchildren. Um, and I must say this, I served in the season of big choirs, orchestra, and fully graded choirs. But that's not what this podcast is about. I think that there are some really some some things that are very, very basic that transcend generations that I would call biblical things that God calls us to as leaders and that help us get through and get through the, um, the forest of ministry. It's, I think so
0: you just mentioned you kind of breezed over 46 years in Fresno I, that's a long that's a lot you were at one church for that one, one. Church. one church one church that's not a thing like people that's not a thing yeah, that a lot of people do and i know and that's i think one of the points of this conversation is today is about is going to be a, we're going to i want to run through that and um and kind of talk through some of those things but you are i was laughing when you said uh you it was a long year that's a one-year commitment 46 <laughs> years right. later right. and um so what uh ministry is hard. I mean, I think mm-hmm. we're all going to, that's something that any, anybody who's ever dabbled in it or looked at it or seen it from afar knows that ministry is not easy. Um, like it takes a toll on you and it takes, a. To, I mean, it's no matter how you spin it. And I mean, you talked about a minute ago about like, you've been, you went from, from big choirs to diff, different worship styles. And I mean, you started leading worship before they were, before we were called worship leaders. Right. And, and then, and now, you know, um, what, like, what are some ways that, that Doug Hulk took care of, like, how, 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 would you take care of yourself? Because it's not, um, you have to take care of yourself in order to be somewhere for that long.
1: Right. Well, I, I, uh, as I mentioned before we went on, I, I think questions of being or questions, of existence, questions, um, why we do what we do go back to beginnings. And for me, uh, I, early on, I had this visual. Of being in a church for a certain period of time, having what I would call a bag of marbles. Now, someone who's younger doesn't know what probably marbles are, but when I grew up with playing marbles, okay. Um, in fact, that was the our form of gambling uh, anyway. But that's another story. But <laughs> anyway, so I I, I always pictured a, a bag of marbles and going in. And as soon as I had expended all of my marbles, maybe lost all my marbles. (laughs) That's another thing. I I grabbed up those marbles, threw in a bag and went off to another place. And I realized that really wasn't what God was calling me to. Mm -hmm. And that the only way I was going to survive in the air in ministry was to have a relationship with God first and foremost above everything else that God had to be absolutely first in my life. In fact, um, God was calling me to an intimacy with him that the people needed to see as an example for the way that they were to live life. And that I came to the realization that people had the right, they would not see perfection in me, but they had the right to expect that I was walking with God and that I was listening to God the best I could, and they were seeing changes in my life. Now, that's, I, I mean, I, you can't in your own strength do that kind of a thing. It can only be a God thing. But it became what I was committed to do in, during the time that I was in ministry. So, I mean, I, intimacy with God is, is a really important thing for me. And I like what David said to Solomon in 1 Chronicles 2080. And this is the issue of, of Solomon going to build a temple. a a tabernacle, a temple for where God was going to reside. And and he says, Solomon, my son, learn to know the God of your ancestors intimately. Worship and serve him with your whole heart and a willing mind. For the Lord sees every heart and knows every plan and thought. If you seek him, you will find him. So, that really became that while that scripture was not necessarily the scripture that I held on to, I just knew that I absolutely needed to know God intimately, and I had to grow in my relationship with God. I came to the realization that relationship is absolutely everything. In fact, I have, I have this little saying that says, that um, this is a holkism, um, that relationship precedes truth. If you're going to share the truth of the gospel with someone, you need to build a relationship with them first. How do I, where do I come from that in the Bible? Jesus said, Zacchaeus, come down from that tree. I'm going to your house for dinner. Dinner in the Bible is about relationship. It's about something happening around the table that transcends a conversation that's going to be on the street. Um, and Jesus had a built, a built a relationship over a mealtime with Zacchaeus, and so relationship is everything, and it means then that, and uh, that I had to start, I had to start reading God's word every day, you say you weren't doing it before, no, I wasn't, I didn't do it every day, it doesn't mean I didn't read God's word, it just that I wasn't faithful in doing it always every day, read God's every word every day, I had to journal, Um and I And I had to make sure I was praying every day. Now, have there been days I've missed doing those? There have been days like that. But that doesn't last for very long. And regarding journaling, I always thought journaling was for sissies. Only ladies journal. You know, you think of the diary days. Mm -hmm. Little girls all have a little diary, you know. It's all locked up and hidden away in a drawer somewhere. Yes, and so that was kind of what my thought was. But journaling is it is about keeping track of your walk with God. It's about keeping track of what God's saying to you daily. And the amazing thing I discovered, uh, Jason, about my journaling is that at the end of each year, I would sit down and look through, and this would actually be usually happen in late summer. I would look through what God had been saying to me in the last nine months or so, ten months, and those that became the um, the seed bed. For whatever the um, the theme would be for our Christmas, at the church, or what our Christmas would be if we did a production, which we did every year, but it became that became the background for it. God had been preparing me for it, and I became um, I didn't try to guide it in a certain direction. I just knew that when when I sit down and start looking at it, God would reveal reveal what He wanted me to say that year because He had already been revealing it to me during the year. It's a pretty, really amazing kind of a thing. That's awesome. Um, and I'll, the other thing is, it, you you have to. You have to hear from God now. Many people in your congregation hear from God, and they always have things that they want to tell you that God sold them you know, and it's always for you. God told me you need to be doing this, you know, God told me you're doing this, and especially in the church that, that, that I worked in, People's Church, and has, um, it had a loose affiliation at the time with the Assemblies of God, so, you know, it, the Pentecostal kind of a background, so people always are getting a word from the Lord, yeah. um, so I just, many people hear from God, I just had to make sure I was one of them. Ah. Uh, in fact, I have, I have an interesting story, I'll tell it later on, at, uh, that happened to me uh, in nineteen um, uh, in 1972, that, which was four years, my fourth Christmas at People's Church, and I learned a major thing about this whole thing. I think the other thing, and taking care of myself, you have to establish priorities. What are the priorities for your life? Well, mine are God, family, and uh, integrity. Those are the things that are absolutely in, imperative for me. Um, and, and I'm sorry maybe those are those are my core values. It's God family and others. that's my priorities and my and then I have to know what my core values are. My core values are faith, family and integrity. And those are really important. so they when you get yourself pushed up against the wall and you're ready to you know to throw in the whole thing and you' you're just you're one sentence away from blowing you know your top and letting the people know exactly what you think about them or whatever they you know whatever's going on, I just have to stop take a deep breath and say whoa, what what what's my priorities here what what's my core values here and take a deep breath you know and then continue to lead you just really have to have a, a proper perspective of things and you need to come back to them often you need to have them written down in a place where you can see them so that when you're going through a tough time you 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 can go back to your beginnings go back to your roots of what you you've been called to do um, and often I had to ask myself, Am I fulfilling my calling? Am I fulfilling my calling? Have I gotten off track? Now there were times I got off track. There were times I took on way too much. I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Now this amazing thing: I did music, and I and I've done it in various forms and published and all that kind of thing. But my calling was not music. My calling was not even worship. My calling was equipping people for acts of service.
0: Oof.
1: So that, That's awesome. when I discovered that, and that was in the 80s, you know, I'd already worked at People's Church for not 20 years, but I had worked there for, uh, you know, 15 years or anyway, uh, 12, yeah. 15 years. And I discovered at a conference with Ron Cannoli um, and, and another guy who was putting it on at the time that you need to find out what you, exactly what your calling is. You think it's music, but it's not really music. I go, what do you mean? And then I realize, you know what? The greatest joy I have in life is equipping people for acts of service. I equip them; they do the work of the ministry. I come alongside them, show them how to do it, give them the opportunity to do it, um, and that has been a major part of my life. In fact, then, in doing that, the you have it, it, the payoff for that is so big. Um, that you can't you who can remember the set list from last sunday who can remember the set list from two weeks ago or three weeks ago it's right. gone but right. what i remember is the relationships and i remember equipping people for acts of service okay um and i think the other thing is it's really important for us as worship leaders as anybody in the ministry is to put your identity in jesus not in your position or your title. Now, listen, I I I I retired from the church at age 70. Well, I have to really quickly come to grips with who I am. And I mean, it it took me a while to kind of figure out exactly what I was going to do during the day. But uh, one thing I knew that my identity was in Jesus and I had not lost ground because of of retiring. Okay. My identity wasn't in a position or in a title. My identity was in Jesus the other thing I think is that really helps you get through a period of time and taking care of yourself is the idea of holding loosely to methods but tightly to relationships loosely to methods I mean come on I just already said I in the season of big choirs and orchestras you know um, are, how many big choirs and orchestras are there now not a lot in the south they still exist okay right, right. I mean I know they still exist there uh, and that, and that's fine. It's just that through the most of the rest of the United States and even around the world, because the people in the other places in the world mimic what we're doing, you know, yep. um, it's not, it is not big choirs and it's not in uh, and, and orchestras and that, and that kind of a thing. So um, I just hold loosely to methods, but I hold tightly to relationships. And amazing enough, my wife shared with me a quote that she saw today and Pericles said this, what you leave behind is not what is engraved in stone monuments, but what is woven into the lives of others. So, um, I mean, my, my, my dad, who you knew, yep. um, uh, had a saying, is the fools names and faces appear in public places meaning on, on walls and on buildings and things like that, you know. Uh so one time somebody wondered if I wanted a building named after me. I said, absolutely not. Why would I want that? I know. But I really would like to find that my I hope that the, the fingerprint of my life is on some of the people who who have followed, who, who have followed me, who God has given to me. So I think the other thing is, Jason, is that we can we, we see myopically. We, we see that we have a worship set coming up on Sunday and we've got to get this thing together and we want it to be whatever. We want it to be, we want it to meet people's needs. We want people to think that we're with it, what not living in the past and all that kind of stuff. And we become involved in something that is not necessarily the most important part of our ministry. And over a period of time, it takes its toll on us. So I have a thing I wrote out today, or actually yesterday in your leadership, You must have a humble view of your calling, and you are as responsible for the spiritual condition of the people as the senior pastor. You're called of God to live an exemplary life, to lead the people in worship, and to serve or shepherd out of the abundance of your relationship with God yeah um woe unto the people who guys who don't because i just read this morning this really hit home with me i was reading ezekiel the um the 34th chapter and um god said and and ezekiel says and the word of the lord came to me and god is letting ezekiel have it because the people the religious leaders have not shepherded the shepherd the people and woe unto them who does not shepherd the people now it, this for us the word shepherd um, is kind of an outdated word. It's kind of a biblical word that we don't necessarily we don't necessarily grab hold of. but yet God, Jesus used it so somehow we better get hold of it what this what the whole thing means. We're not just called to do music. When I just called to lead worship, we are called to build into the lives of, of people and equip them for acts of service. So, it, go ahead.
0: that's so good. I, I I mean, there's so much in there. And uh, um, I, well, so you, you you talked about a minute ago about uh, sitting in a you know in a, that moment where you feel like all of that kind of frustration is going to come out, and referring back to your core values and your uh, like talk to talk to the person right now who's driving down the road like having just left a meeting and frustrated with their staff like what and it's like is 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 this even my position should i leave my job like you obviously ran through some things that um are that were i'm sure in 46 years you had moments of like i'm ready to walk away from this and not and not be in it but you I love this idea of like writing down your core values and uh, writing down where you're at and um, you know what's important to you and referring back to that and remembering before you explode um, that there is there's more important things to, to to think about and process. So, I talk to that person right now. They're driving down the road and going, "I'm ready to you know I'm ready to leave ministry because I'm just I'm I'm heading to burnout." Like, what would you say to them? Uh,
1: take a deep breath. Just take a deep breath. We are known as um, artists are known for blowing their top. In fact, my uh, the pastor I worked with for, for over forty years when he hired me, he just said, "I hope you're not one of those who blows his top," you know. Uh, and it was actually it actually was it brought up several times my first year there, not because I did it, but just because that was the, that was the perception. Uh, of uh, people uh, who, uh, uh, of artists, so I worked really hard not to do that. It's not, not to say I didn't lose my cool. I mean, there were a couple, three times I did lose my cool. I mean, I, uh, at those moments, I don't think I ever said anything to anybody that would totally obliterate them off the face of the earth, but I mean, I had just had enough to hear, and sometimes you have to be firm, you know, I think that one of the, and I could I talk about it late, late, a little bit later, but um, in our conversation, but all leadership, all leadership is flawed. All leadership is flawed. If it wasn't flawed, we wouldn't need the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, so we absolutely have to have the Holy Spirit's, we have, have the Holy Spirit's empowerment, not our hoarded self-reliant resources to accomplish what God has called us to accomplish. So there are there are several things. I mean, take a deep breath, stand back, what is God saying? Is God saying something to you? The staff and uh, these people either under you or are they are they peers? Meaning that that I had both things going on dynamically. I, I, there was other pastors we meet together as pastors, and sometimes they could you know they go oh they don't even know what you're doing, and you know you you think you know I'm I'm banging my head against the wall over here I'm bleeding don't you see that you know um, and then other times you're working with people who are who are just coming along and and you have to stop and realize that people are at different places in their relationship with god you don't know what's going on always at home the frustrations that they're facing so you just have to kind of take a deep breath and give people allowance as god has also already given allowance for you you know uh, and take a deep breath and uh, and live to serve live to serve another day um yeah. I mean, coming back to the idea of, of the, even of taking care of myself, I, 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 think we have to do things for the right reasons. We we get off track if we are doing things for the wrong reasons. We have to do things to serve God and others, not ourselves. We have to lay ourselves at, the, at the, on, on the altar. I it it's a it's kind of a tough thing, um, with in churches today with worship leaders and how they're, they're looked upon. And you, I mean, you you I know you've experienced this in, in just watching guys at work. You go, are they really a worship leader or are they a performer? You have to decide what, what am I? Am I a performer here or am, am I a worship? It doesn't mean that there's not performance involved as a worship leader, but I'm not a performer. I'm leading people into the very presence of God. All right. Um, I think the other thing is repeatedly, you have to ask, you know, God, this this was just a tough moment for me. Are you saying something to me to move me on to w- what you really want to do? Am I missing something here? Uh, are you doing something, Lord, that I'm not joining you in, and that I need to be in? I need to join you in. I, there's a musical, actually became a musical, but it was a book, a, a Bible study that, that came out in the '90s by uh, doctors Henry Blackaby and his son, David, uh, called Experiencing God, which is basically knowing and doing the will of God, which was the most powerful thing uh, our music department ever went through and had such an incredible impact upon the worship life of our church. Um, and then it became, it was done in a musical. but. Anyway, that's not the main point here. The main point, is the thrust of it is I have to repeatedly ask myself, what is God doing and how can I join him? And sometimes those circumstances that we go through like that are really for our own benefit. We've had our mind offended. And in the process, it's revealed our heart. So often God offends the mind to reveal the heart. So God, what is it? Are you saying something to me that I'm missing? I'm walking out of here. I have every right to be ticked and mad and all those kinds of reasons. All those kinds of things, but God, are you saying something to me that's bigger here? Um, One other thing, just before we go on, uh, the other thing is is that after um, after large expenditures of creative energy, I mean, like seasonal things, we're coming up to it now. Yep, Christmas time is coming up, and I don't care whether you do what 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 uh, a worship leader does; it's always extra. At, at Christmas time uh, and it always takes some time, takes some family time and all those kinds of stuff. At the end of it, we can often just be beat. I think we have to stop and take time to refuel hmm. after extended expenditures of creative ministry. Otherwise we will burn out. And the last thing I'd say is, and it relates back to your question even, never make life-changing decisions after large expenditures of energy never that's make big, that's, up. that's big i'm leaving i'm going somewhere else i just had a horrible horrible uh staff meeting i'm leaving that is not the time to leave
0: yep that's
1: not being that's not being the leader that god has called you to be right um that's- so i think that the other thing that i learned is some hobbies i learned that cook i love to cook and when i cook i forget everything i like to fly fish i like to go for a drive with my wife and so i mean if it's been tough at work or something like that, let's go for a ride. I, we put thousands of miles on our car doing this.
0: It helps, it helps living close to Yosemite.
1: It doesn't
0: hurt. It doesn't hurt. I think
1: mean, the other thing, I mean, the other, and, and, and this kind of re- still referring back to your, the, the first question and taking that care works. of ourselves. And, and then the last thing, this is the, really the most important thing for me. One of the most important things. I listen to my wife.
0: You're you're married to a wise woman, so
1: I know. Well, I know that. I know that. But, but I think that in a in a godly marriage, Jason, that our wives are the closest to the embodiment of the Holy Spirit that we're ever going to see. Yes. You know. So um... we need to listen. Does I mean the Holy Spirit's infallible? Does it mean Carol's infallible? No. Does it mean she's infallible? But it does mean that God is speaking to her and saying things to her that uh, that I need to listen to. So we talk a lot. Yep. You know what I'm, what uh, I'm saying? You yeah.
0: Just, you transition me well to my next question. Okay. um, uh, Which is ministry and family. Like I, I want to, this is a big deal because I mean, you started ministry in your early 20s, which if I'm doing the math correctly, you didn't have kids. And no. you ended no. ministry with teenage grandkids. Right. And you ended at the same, I mean, that's a, in four, in the 46 years you were at your church, you went from a kid, kidless to teenage grandkids, which is a right very, that's a season. That's it's a big season. Generations. That's <laughs> <Yes>, right. <laughs> and so like, what, what does, what did that look like in your family? I know the, the Hulk's, uh, the Hulk family camp uh, uh, vacations and you guys were very intentional about being away and not being and and actually making time for for that but like on a talk talk to us about marriage or ministry and family like what does that look like okay. for
1: you guys All right um never spend from the emotional reserve that is meant for intimacy with your wife hmm. Like it was 1973 we had just finished doing our Christmas production called Go Tell It. That's just how it's embedded in my mind. Who knows what they did in 1973? I don't know, except I do know this one thing. It was called Go Tell It. And it was a, it was a marker moment in my life. I had a conversation with an arranger friend who had done some arranging uh, from, for our Christmas program. And uh, he came up to see it. And he said over the night, we had breakfast the next morning. I asked about a mutual acquaintance. How that person, I mean, who was traveling, who had a group that traveled that was just like blowing the what we used to call blowing the walls out. And I said, how does this leader do that? And he's married, too. And this young man never this, by the way, he's never been married. okay? Yep. Um, And he said to me, I mean, and this was the this was a pure kind of conversation. So I don't want it to be, be too like two guys talking in a car, you know yeah sleazy conversation it was not he said to me sadly he does not have any intimacy with his wife so all of the energy that he would use for in that area of his life is channeled into his music I go and that was the end of the conversation but it was never the end of the thought for me that impacted me in ways that I I can't even tell you what what that means to me that I have to always leave Room. I always have to leave. I have to have enough margin, leave margins in my life, and you know what? It has to include this emotional energy that is required when it comes to intimacy with my wife. Yep. Now, I'm um, so. I think that's really important. Nothing is worth sacrificing your family for. Mm-hmm. Nothing. God didn't call you to give up your family. If you're giving up your family for it, I, you're missing. I think what God's what God is calling you to do. So Leave margins in your life. Now, I haven't always done it. Um, as you know, for the last 10 years, of when I worked at People's Church, um, I wore two hats. I, I became the executive pastor, overseeing ministry, not having to oversee uh, buildings and finance, but I oversaw ministries. Um, and my wife who's not given to having words from the Lord. And I hope she doesn't mind me sharing the story because she doesn't want people to think that she's weird this way. But about three weeks before this took place, she, she went up and she said, let's go get coffee across the street. Okay. So she said, listen, I've been praying and I just, the church is going to ask you to do something that will be equal to, what we had, that we had an administrator um, who oversaw the finances and those things. And it's going to be equal to, you will have a position equal to his, but it will not be doing what he's doing. No, they're not going to ask me to do that. No, just I've been praying and God yeah. told me that somehow this is going to happen. Well, within three weeks, two or three weeks, they asked me to be the executive pastor, also in addition to being the worship leader, which was already a full time thing. And right. she, I said, I told her, I said, at the time, I said, how do I do that? She says, I don't know. We'll figure it out. But that's what God's calling you to do. Go, Whoa. Yeah. So I did it. Now, I, this is so then this is it wasn't long before this is what my days looked like. I got up at 4 a.m. I went to bed at 11 or 12 at night, got up at 4 a.m., 11 or 12. I just was doing this day after day. Yeah. I can still see my wife sitting on the stairs of our home uh, crying. I said, well, what's wrong? She said, God called you to do this. He didn't call you to give your life.
0: Oh, man.
1: Oh. He did not call you to die doing it. I mean, you, certainly we give our lives to God oh. for His use, but I mean, she didn't. What she was saying is, she didn't call you to die for it. You have to find out how to get a hold of this, so that you have a you have a life. So yeah. you so you have margins. You have to put margins in your life. Um, and now, um, so we always had Friday and Saturday. We always had Friday and Saturday off. So I took uh, on a, on a couple occasions, we took our boys out of school on Friday and went fishing. Now yeah. you ask your you ask your girls what was Friday like? It was in school two years ago. Can they tell you what it was like on a Friday two years ago? No. Right. But can they tell you what it was it like when we went fishing on that one Friday? And you took it out of school. They'll never forget that. Our boys have never forgotten that. Yeah. So we did. We had to find unique kinds of ways that we could do things. Um, we always I realized I had to take time off after large expenditures of emotional energy. Um, we go for rides we spend time together but also I think the other thing is that um, that has really helped me I became a reader of books um, I mean I've given away my most of my library now I may mean, say most of my library but there's still some you know a bookshop and here and outside full um, but so I could get other perspectives and it wasn't just my it wasn't just my own no. yeah so that's amazing. And I,
0: I I I'm sitting here just like in awe of the conversations and the 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 the, the I mean, just the fact that Carol saw that coming and, and, and yeah. it came and then and then your uh gosh, her response to that. It I mean that's such a big deal I think because I it's we feel like in ministry that it's like I must I must keep pushing, I must keep going and my family will come along. They'll they'll get on board, they'll And it's you, you kind of get in this in this space of like, if not me, it will fail, or if not, if I don't do it, it's not going to work, And especially in the creative world, where it's like, this is what I'm I've written I've given I've part of me to this to this experience. And um, if I you know there's a lot there's a lot there and you can't let your family fail and I loved I love the. um, you, that just the constant reminder to leave margins in in your yeah. in your life to to not neglect, to not to, to not neglect that and so yeah. ah it's good yeah. um you're retired now I'm retired that. you're retired what does life look like for you now that you're retired well you said you had to figure yourself out at seven I, I,
1: I did and, and some things I mean um, you know you you can become very certain about in fact I'm gonna uh, you know. I, you had me speak one time and, and I was pretty certain about what I was going to do when I finish. And it's not that I'm not doing that. It's just that it's not the main thrust of what, of what I thought I was going to be doing. Yeah. So uh, I had an experience um, th- th- like never before. Okay. We are in, we are in um, San Luis, Colorado. It's just across the border from New Mexico. Okay. Um, I there, I don't think there's even a stop sign. Well, there is a stop sign. You come to town, you turn right to go into town. You go down and you make you hang a left, and uh, and you're out of town. Okay. Um, Got it. Got it. So there was a there was a uh, a room. I mean a a building that on the outside of it was a relief of a schooner wagon. You know from the Oklahoma schooner wagons. Okay. And being pulled by by uh, mules. Okay. And I go, well, that's pretty interesting. I'll stop and you know, I was gonna take a picture of it or something like that. Uh, and I mean, I had a camera at the time. Um, and uh, I, it, it, there was a sign out there that said, um, Ventero Free Press Espresso. I said, let's go in and have an Americano. So my drink of choice. So we yep. went in and um, uh, there was a young barista, about 24 years of age. His name is Jeremy. And we started talking and all around the walls were these, were um, uh, photographs and then also some artistic things that they were doing with printing. And I asked Jeremy, I said, Jeremy, what is this all about? He said, well, this was a printing press and it still is, functions as a printing press but now it's owned by a gentleman who allows artists, young artists to come in and experiment and do different things. So he goes over and he starts pulling out these drawers uh, like you would it you would see in, in a draftsman shop or something like that that have plans and things and he starts pulling out these drawers and laying out on top of the the desks the um all these things that, that students are working on and I had never heard the audible voice of God but I did that day. Yeah and I heard God say to me this is what I want you to do but God <laughs> but God but God but God <laughs> I don't read manuals (laughs) 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 because I knew what I meant. It meant I was going, oh, now I have to learn Photoshop. And my son can, you know, he lives in Photoshop, you know, and I know what it took for him to, you know, to get where he is. I mean, he he confesses that he was about ready to walk out the door, you know, Um, and uh, and I have to learn Lightroom and all that stuff. I don't read, God, I don't read manuals. And I don't like manuals. I mean, I if I have to read a manual, I will. But I'd rather. Is there a YouTube video <laughs> That's the thing I can watch? I don't want to read it. <laughs> let me just, just. Let me look at it. another guy do it. Okay. All right. I can do that. All right. Um, anyway, um, that was the beginning of my doing photography. I'd done it before, but I was I was in the you know old school. I was doing film. I was doing slides. I had been uh, uh, with a group of eight guys in Fresno, on a world mission, world vision tours, three different times to, to Africa. And I was the photographer. Um, so it wasn't that I hadn't had a camera in my hand. It's just that I was not used to this digital world. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm shooting an auto, you know, I mean, at the time, so, <laughs> That's I, right. okay, now I have to learn this. Okay. Kind of, oh, manual. there's a manual. So I didn't, many, buttons. <laughs> it, not many buttons, all these things you have to do. Yeah. But while well, I got, God's just blessed me in it. I it. it I'm a creative person at heart. And it's just scratched that itch, you know. It's just really been—it's really been a fantastic thing. We've been able to travel, which we, both my wife and I, really enjoy doing. Um, and then in this season, since COVID started, we've started a house church. Yeah. So that is just about the most amazing thing. I mean, we finally came to the realization after a couple, three months by ourselves. Why are we by ourselves? Yeah, why yeah, are yeah. we just the two of us worshiping God here? Yeah. I mean, I understand why we're doing it. Yep. And and, and I probably get some flack. I don't hope you don't get flack for what I'm gonna say. But I'm going, we need to be together with other people. Well, at the same time, another guy called me and he said, he said, Hulk, what are we gonna do? I said, What are you gonna do about what? He said, Church. I said, Come to our house on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> he did. And so um, we have some we come we continue doing it afterwards because we just decided, you know what, we came to the conclusion. It's not about a building. It's but it's about community. It's about fellowship. People, it's yeah. about being together, and um, it, it's a new experience for us. But it is certainly a great thing. And but I still also work I even mean, with my son, helping people tell their story, as he's helping um, nonprofits tell their story. So yeah. we just recently I sat down and worked with him on working out some details that he's doing a, in a new venture, which is a pretty cool thing for him.
0: That's so good. So photography. Which I love the idea of road trips. I mean, you and your wife in the car doing photography, going going everywhere, you know, and then you said the house church and helping people yeah. tell their story with, with ministry. It just sounds like an awesome retirement. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, everything that is, everything that's in you and you're finding ways to, you know, find your ways to do that. You know, I think a lot of times people, especially in ministry, it's like, I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave ministry, then what? And you have, like, you, you found this space to oh. go- like you know, this is awesome opportunities. Um, so, this podcast is called the Table, and like in good conversations, and in we, I, we shared this kinship here. Good conversations happen over good food. Yeah. And like you talked a minute ago, or a little bit ago about cooking, and you kind of yep. forget the world around you. What right. what is what is Doug Hulk making? Like what if I was to come over for dinner? Which we need to do this soon. Is what is what are you what
1: what's on the table? OK, so it, based upon uh, our conversation, the context of our conversation and talking about tough times that you have in ministry, that's uh, that's. Yep. And so that's what I'm going I'm to say. This is what I would feed you. So it was 1972. Um, my pastor, you know, he's and he is not alive anymore. So, I mean, so I'm going to be very careful about what I say, because I want to be fair to him and the legacy that he has left. But he came to me. He wanted me to do a certain thing. Um, for Christmas, it didn't go, it didn't, it wasn't received as well as both he and I expected it to be received. Okay. Okay. And I and I I mean, I took a I took a lot of flack. Um and I thought it was going to possibly be the end. <laughs> you know, <what laughs> I mean you know, okay, after four years out of here, you know. Um <laughs> 42 I, years later. Yeah. yeah right. right. <laughs> I, I remember getting down on my knees and praying one day. And this is all part of the story where I'm leaving to about the food. Um, and I, I said, Lord, I listened to what somebody else asked me to do. Um, and both of us now are, are paying for it with the repercussions from it. As much as I'm ever, as I'm able to in the future, I will only do what you call me to do. Okay. And then, so if I, if if someone goes down for it, I'm going to be the one to go down for it. Okay. Yep. But I just, it was a lesson that I learned that I needed to be the one. Okay, this is it. Um, um, And it doesn't mean you don't have a team of people working with you and you work out an idea, but I still felt like I had to, I was the one on whom was the responsibility to have the initial idea because I would bear the responsibility. (laughs) So that was in 1972, that was some, that was Christmas of 1972, we had a, a few days off. We were at home um, and I decided I was going to cook something. We had a, we have a, a, a cookbook. One half, you face it one way, it's French cooking. Okay. Other, you turn it over and turn it this way, and that half is Italian. So I opened it up and I pulled out. I had the thing dated. It's dated in, in the cookbook. I still have the cookbook. I would never lose this cookbook. Yeah, yeah. The, the minestrone soup recipe Okay. that I made. And that pulled me out of the doldrums because for those few moments, those, those, that hour, hour and a half of preparing that soup, God spoke to me and God fed my spirit more than the minestrone soup ever would. Oh, that's, that's a special place in my life. Yeah, You've, learned yeah. You've learned a major thing about your ministry. Um, and you, you know, you'll be able to live to see another day, but, um, uh, that was, uh, it, it was a major thing. So minestrone soup, but I also want you to know that I have a bolognese lasagna recipe straight from Tuscany Ooh. that you, it's, it's to die for. Oof. I'd also do that. I'm hungry. <laughs>
0: I'm hungry. This question, every time I ask it, I'm like, why did I ask this question? I'm right, 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 <laughs> so right, hungry right, right now. Right. Yeah. That right. sounds amazing. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that what um what are some ways we can connect with you like uh, um as we kind of wrap up the podcast today sure. like how can we connect with you I, I love what you're all this stuff and talk to us about how we can connect
1: well um uh i mean i they can they can email me at dholk uh, at comcast.net uh, H-O-L-C-D-H-O-L-C-K. I um i have a website which is dug.holk pixels.com um the ampersand in there um and then uh i'm doug hulk on facebook and i'm d hulk on instagram
0: awesome. i
1: don't i do instagram but i don't know um <laughs> facebook, <laughs> facebook you know um is where i've done most of the problem is with just is just with photography it can be done but about every time you figure out how you're gonna you're gonna do it uh instagram pulls it off the wire because they really would prefer that what you that what you do with instagram is it comes from your phone you know what i mean rather than from from an app yeah yeah yeah. time i get oh here's an app i can use this will be this will work really cool oh they they get facebook's where you're posting a
0: lot of your (laughs) facebook's where you're posting a lot of your photography yeah right yep Yeah. yeah i love been loving seeing those photos and the stuff that yeah. you come the stuff that comes off your camera i'm like he's cheating there's something in there that yes. like the like the, the pictures i'm like i don't know how you well, do that
1: you know but, what it's i it's really a gift from god honestly i feel i feel incredibly blessed by it yeah like that it's another creative thing i think my wife probably was praying oh god give him something you know <laughs> 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 Yeah.
0: oh that's amazing <laughs> Awesome, thanks again so much today for this conversation. And I uh, really appreciate all the wisdom oh, that you have welcome. just laid in front of us today on, uh, on as people are, ministry, like I said, ministry is hard and it's not an easy yeah. thing to get into. And people, they, they think like, oh, worship leaders, create a set list and play and then r- lather, rinse, repeat. And it's, there's so much more out to, to it than that. And um, I just, we value your your years of, of, of experience and I appreciate all that you have shared well, today. So.
1: Well, thank you, Jason, and I appreciate all you're doing. What a great opportunity. Yep. Um, I knew Chuck from from a distance and always admired him and what he did. Um, and then especially in starting Worship Leader yep. Magazine. And now to see you carry on and being involved in car- it carrying on to the next generation is really a pretty cool thing. Who would have thought? Uh, that's right. <laughs>
0: 30 years. like It's yep. been 30 years. It's just, yeah, yeah. There's so much so. Pretty cool. Awesome. Thank well, you. we we will see you guys later. Thanks.
1: All right. Okay. Bless you. Hey, everyone! Thanks
0: so much for tuning in to today's podcast. Hey, would you do us a favor and like or subscribe to the podcast, as well as leave us a review? Um, we just we would really appreciate that. And also check us out on Instagram at Worship Leader Podcast, as well as at Worship Leader. You can follow me at Jason underscore Squires. Uh, we are gonna. Um, we're looking forward to next week, and we will see you guys then.